a lot of Cavs fans, uh, you know, uh, taking issue with a couple of things. First is the Warriors showed up back at the airport. They had the trophy, and there's like not that many people there. And people are saying, oh my God, we had more people at the 0 16 parade than these guys have waiting for them when they get off the plane after winning a championship. Yeah. Um, now, I don't know where they flew into because, you know, it's like they play in Oakland, but you know what I mean? It's a Bay Area team. I think it just shows you the difference in the cities. San Francisco is a huge metropolitan city. And you got to understand, most people that live there don't care about sports the way we do. It's just a big city. There's too much industry. There's too much stuff going on. There's too much competition for entertainment dollar where they're not beholden to their sports teams the way we are. There's not the feel of desperation that, that you have in the, middle of the, in the middle of the country. There's just not. And so, dude, a lot of people there make a ton of money. Their lives are good. They have an ocean. They have so much stuff going on where it's like, dude, a championship doesn't mean the same thing for San Francisco. Plus, their baseball team wins constantly. It's a lot better than here. It's a lot it is. Better. I mean, it just it just is, and I think that that's part of it. I think I, I don't think it makes your fandom any more sincere because you're willing to go to an airport to see a trophy. I just think you we have less going on. Well, and I I, I guess I guess if, if if sincerity of fandom is your consolation prize, Cavaliers fans, pat yourself on the back and feel good about yourself. Then you know what I mean. Like, okay, fine. Like, all right. And well, again, I would say you have a sincerity of fandom of a player, not necessarily brand. Even if, even if, even if this was the Indians or the Browns or whatever, I mean, like, if that's if that's your take, is like, well, yeah, you guys are a better team, but we're better fans. Okay. I, I mean, <laughs> all right. I was just looking at it. I was like, well, of course, it's California. There's more to do. There's more stuff going on. It's do less people care. I think that really is like what a what a defense mechanism that is of like, well, all right. So you know what really matters here: the game, the athletics, the sports of what we what we did, what we cheered for, what we watched becomes a moot point as soon as you lose it, and then it automatically becomes, yeah, but I'm more, I'm better than you. I'm more sincere than you. I'm more, I'm more yeah, of a crazy. fan than you. It's ridiculous. There's another thing that. That Cavs fans are all upset about, and it's Draymond Green. And I have long said that Draymond annoys me because he's not on the Cavaliers. That if Draymond played for my franchise, I he would be my favorite Cavalier for sure. I think he's awesome. Very much uh, like Anderson Verja was for a while there in uh, Del Vadova, where if he was on the other team, he'd be like, "Oh my god, I hate this dude." But you know, when he's yours, when he's yours, you love him when you get the benefit of it. Yeah. Right. And so Draymond totally trolled LeBron. And Fantone's going to have to help me here because I didn't understand this the first time around. Where LeBron had posted something on Instagram from a cartoon where it's like the hand and it's like you're supposed to tell he's angry because of his hand. Yeah, it was just like a showing of frustration, like a clenched fist, clenched from, fist. From, from the Arthur show Arthur, on, on, on PBS there. And just like any other stupid internet meme thing that kind of goes viral, I don't know why Arthur was the thing that jumped off of like, boy, this is what shows anger on the internet. Because adult was using a children's show. Yeah, and it was funny. And hey, I remember that from when I was a kid, nostalgia and all that. But like, I think that's what it is. That's that's what it comes from. Is Arthur like clinched his fist in an episode because he was frustrated so with his friends? Draymond then makes a T-shirt for the parade where he's got that Arthur fist and it's got the three Golden State championship rings on it, and it just says mood underneath it. Now LeBron wasn't the only like exclusive person to first use that, but he did use that in a warrior sense. So it was obviously a direct like, hey, this is right back you, at LeBron. you, which is what you get. And if I and I love this. This, to me, is exactly how sports should be. 
a little bit of trash talk back and forth where nobody's really getting hurt. You're not really being like you're not crossing a line. You're just throwing jabs, yeah. and I think it's perfectly okay. And the only reason we hate this, we love the Ultimate Warrior shirt when LeBron got off the plane. If you love the Ultimate Warrior shirt, then you have to be okay with this. Yeah, I mean, this isn't crossing like the family line. This isn't talking about your wife or kids or like even like anything like hey. It's not malicious. I mean, like, yeah, like you're obviously giving the finger to LeBron, but that's what it's for, man. I mean, that's what it's kind of all about. I love it. And and, and to me, it's very much, um, it's very much when Baker Mayfield put that flag in the Ohio State uh, win, and you don't see it, right? That's all you got to do is win, and, and that's where it is. Fair point. If you haven't seen that Draymond uh, shirt yet, we posted it for you. Facebook.com slash Stansbury show there so you can see it. I love it. And again, uh, I did read this this morning that Draymond Green says he's not going to sign his extension. He'll wait till next year and try to grab a Supermax contract. A lot of people saying that's what's going to be hard about the Warriors is, you know, coming up that these guys you've drafted, uh, you know what I mean, that, that you got kind of on, uh, it sounds crazy to call cheap, but for NBA cheap, you now, you know, your chickens are coming home. You're going to have to start paying these dudes. Yeah. And. <sighs> There's definitely, like, don't get me wrong, I want the Warriors to not be as dominant because I want other teams to win. But, like, it, to me, this just goes back to the point that I've always made about sports. is like, man, salary caps are dumb, dude. Just let these guys get paid whatever they want. If an owner wants to go ass out on this and whoops, dude, hey, I spent too much money and now the team is is crappy, but I still am $250 million. And, dude, that's your fault. That's well, your risk. You know why I'm okay with it? Because everybody's biggest fear of what you do if you take away salary caps has already happened. Everybody says, well, the league are going to get lopsided. Well, they already are lopsided. The NBA is way lopsided. Already lopsided. Um, already corrupt. Like already people who are like, oh, dude, it's all fixed. It's all this. You know, they're the officials are on the. So take. what are we worried about? What are, right. What are we? What are what are we waiting for here? And I hate to break it to you, but like I know everyone's going to be like, well, then you could just buy a title. Every title in the history of sports since we started playing sports has been bought. Guys, like, what, what are we talking about? Dan Gilbert bought a title. Yeah. What, what, what do you mean? Like, has anybody seen what that guy pays in luxury tax? Like, dude, he bought a title. That's exactly what he did. That's what the Yankees did. That's what, yes, you, nobody gets off on the cheap. It's uh, it's professional sports. It's a big dollar thing. And and if I and you know, obviously NBA guys look up at baseball guys like, man, I wish I had your money. But dude, NFL dudes, if you're in the NFL and you see what these other dudes are making playing professional sports, and here I am getting a three year, fifteen million dollar deal from Duke Johnson or something like that, man, and my spine could oh, be snapped. I'd be furious. I would. I'd be throwing tables over, dude. I, yeah, I, I don't know if it helps or hurts the league. But I got to tell you, what NFL guys are really jealous of is NBA contracts are fully guaranteed. Like, if you fully guaranteed an NFL, like, this is why NFL guys have always been like the Warriors. They play hurt. They do all this stuff. It's because you have to. It's because you absolutely have to. You think if they guaranteed an NFL contract, guys are going to be out there with, like, their fingers in splints? Hell no, they're not. I uh, I think I think that would be good for sports. I think it would be good for the brands. I think it would be good for the growth of all of them. Just like, dude, money's just raining over it. Is that right? I really do, man. What 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 are, we, what are we not allowing these guys to get paid for? Where else is this okay? Like, what other what other world is it like? Oh well, you know, hey. I can only spend so much money here. It's like, no. If you're getting the results you want, if you're signing the contracts, dude, so, owner beware. Yeah, I, I do think it leads ultimately to the thing that I think that that professional sports needs, but people don't want, which is less teams. 
because I do believe there are only a handful okay. of owners okay. who would be like, you know what, I can compete in this, I'm doing this, and I think less teams is the option right now. I think you're already seeing it with the NBA. Do you realize they were talking about this yesterday? If LeBron goes to Houston, it's like 10 of the 12 top guys in the NBA are on two teams. You'd have Harden, Chris Paul, LeBron James, and then you got the, the Warriors five-headed monster over there. It's like, dude, th- this thing's already lopsided, which it tells me what? There are franchises in cities who have no business having franchises. What are we doing? Why are there 30-some teams? We need to streamline this all the way down, and then the leagues actually get more competitive. It would also stop this thing that happens in the NBA, which is a huge problem for me. It is such a thing I'm so sick of hearing about. Well, he's an NBA All-Star, but he can't shoot. Dude, if you can't shoot, what the hell are you doing in the NBA? And what I'll say to that is, honestly, dude, if you come in the NBA and you can't shoot, then, bro, you're not one and done. Maybe you're not one and done. How many pitchers can't hit? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a different sport with 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 a special with a special category of something. It's I I think pro pro pitchers should have to hit and should be able to hit, but that's not the standard. You'd like to think so. I, the thing I'm going to say about that is just in the NBA in particularly, um, you come in as a specialist. You come in being a guy who can do one, two, maybe three things really well. You should be serviceable in all other avenues. Yeah, but it, I don't is, know if you're going to live in that world. If you don't have a mid range jumper, you're not one and done. And and then maybe that's all. Maybe that's the the thing we need to realize is that one and done really isn't great. If you can't, if you don't have a fifteen foot jumper, I don't think you're one and done. I woke up extremely happy today. Something happened yesterday. I was asked to do something. I did it, and I have the result I want. I'm feeling super confident today, and uh, I'm going to pat myself on the back a little bit about that. And also, Facebook has yet again another problem, and we'll find out what they should do. That's next on Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Sands Ridge Show. We're on Rock 106.9, 6.45 this morning. I actually, there's a superhero movie coming out that I can't wait to see. Okay. I know everybody, like, dude, I'm normally not that guy. Right. As a matter of fact, I logged on my Netflix last night, and I saw that they added that the, the latest Thor Rangarok or whatever mm-hmm. it's called, and I almost started it just to hate on it, and I was like, no, I don't even want to do that. I've heard that one's really good, but, I mean, that's what you hear from all those people, and I will tell you, I, uh, I went and I saw Black Panther this week. My girlfriend oh. had a day off in the middle of the afternoon, and we were like, what's at the Dollar Theater? And she was like, I don't care. You pick. And I was like, Black Panther it is. And um, two thumbs up, man. Pretty good. good. I mean, too long, of course, because yeah. that's what superhero movies are nowadays. Um, but it was it was action-packed. It was entertaining. My girlfriend said to me, she's like, you know what I liked about this one? She's like, I just understood it. Like, usually these superhero movies, I'll try to make her watch. She's like, I don't know. Why are they doing this? Who is this guy? Why did his dad turn bad? Why does Th- that cube have power? This one is just like, boom, 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 boom. Like, you just kind of get it. Pay like my number. Yeah, it's very much, you know, it's an easy to follow. It lives in itself. You don't have to do any homework. You don't have to know who these characters are. You could just watch it. Now, did it live up to the hype per se? Nothing lives up to hype. I mean, people were like, dude, it's going to be the most mind-blowing cinematic experience of your life. It was pretty damn good. Though. I enjoyed it. I did. I would actually like to see Black Panther. And you know what was good about it? And we went and saw it, like I said, in the Dollar Theater. When you watch a movie, when you watch a movie in the theater, you have to put your phone away. You have to stop Mm -hmm. looking at other things. If I would have watched that at home, I would have got distracted 15 minutes in. Yeah, that happens to me all the time. 40 minutes in, I would have been on my phone. Then an hour in, I would have been doing something else, walking around, and it would have been like, well, this movie sucks. And it's like, you didn't watch the movie, dummy. Yeah. 
It's, uh, I hate on things I, I don't actually watch all the time. Oh my gosh, I do. I do it all the time. I do. I'm like, that was obviously terrible because I couldn't pay attention. It's like, well, maybe you're what's terrible. You know what I mean? But there is a superhero movie coming out. 645, I'll get into that. Um, and uh, we actually do have some numbers on some stuff that's already out at the theater and stuff that's not doing as well as it probably should have done. We'll get into all that around 645. Okay. I woke up today super confident. Um, that's not always my, uh, you know, the case. I feel I always feel pretty confident about my ability to do this inside of my life or this and that. Maybe not so much. But um, I was asked to do something yesterday by by somebody because I don't normally do it. So those of you who listen a lot know that um, I, a few months ago I was like, dude, I got to get this eating under control and I got to get back in the gym. And it has been extremely beneficial for me. I have noticed my anxiety is cut in about half because at the end of the day, when you push your body that hard, you don't really have enough time to think about how, how about the fact that you're worried and things like that. If you wear your mind out, it won't run. And just, I think, eating up some of the hours of your day was a big part, just because Huge. it's like, you know, there comes to be a point, we leave work at 11 o'clock in the morning, we don't have kids, we don't have anything to do, and if you're just going to sit around by yourself, of course that's going to leave room for, like... Idle hands, man. Right, exactly, exactly. Idle hands, man, and and, uh, and then what happens is I just end up uh, spending hours on social media timelines, taking in negativity, and then I just feel bad, and so it's it, it's been really beneficial for me. And I had a goal in mind when I set out. I this is so embarrassing. When I, apparently when I had first started, I got weighed at my friend's house, and they claim it was two sixty four is what I weighed in at, which is not good. When you started before before you started this health endeavor, yeah, that's you were, what you were made, that number it was made me go. You know what? That's not good. We got to change something. Just for reference, how tall are you? About six one, okay, six one somewhere okay. in there. I mean, so uh, not morbidly obese, but at the same time, two sixty five. That's a lot of not weight. Good. A lot of weight on those bones. I there. remember I was at my buddy Jamie's house for uh, the Super Bowl, and I was sitting on his couch, and I kept thinking to myself, "Why are my arms all the way out in front of my body?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, because you're fat. <laughs> it's because they're they're resting on you, you big fat lazy turd of a human being. You should not be 265 pounds. That's why your arms are out in front of you. You're not consciously sticking them out in front of you. They're out in front of you because so is the rest of your goddamn body. I've never heard that before, and it's kind of sad, but it's kind of hilarious it's, too. Well, it's welcome, welcome to overeating, right?" And it was, it was like, dude, I was like out of breath getting up and down off his couch and everything else. I was like, this is, this is not good. I got to change this. Now I had a trainer about 10 years ago who kind of worked me through some things and I still follow that plan today. Right. And one of the things he told me back in the day was Stansbury, the first thing you got to do is go home and take that scale and throw it out. Put the scale in the garbage. It doesn't do you any good. The mirror and your clothes are going to tell you everything you need to know. If you concentrate on that number, you're going to step on that scale. You're going to think about all the work you did, and you're not going to see the reduction in number that you want to see, and it's going to break you. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a part of, of of what you should be keeping track of, but yes, it's not the most important part. I mean, muscle weighs, weighs more, more than, than fat. fat. That's and, just true. And that's part of it, too, but also, like, your clothes fitting and the mirror yeah. is going to tell you everything you need to know, right? Yeah. And so I don't weigh myself a ton, but I had a target goal of when we started this job, I was around 219, 220, right? So when I started this, I was like, if I can get to 225, I feel like that's pretty good. So my friend Stephanie, who lives in Nashville, who is kind of on this journey with me, we kind of did it across the country wager, okay. and we kind of started this thing together, right? And she's probably at the gym listening right now. 
She's always been on me, like, dude, weigh yourself. I want to know. I want to know. I want to know. I can see it in your photos. I can see it in the Instagram, you know, pictures, by the way. That's Dan.Sansbury. And she's like, I can see it, you know, in, in pictures you post. There's definitely a change. And I see people writing comments to you. And she's like, but she's like, I'm just very interested to know. So I found myself at the Myers Lake YMCA yesterday. And so yesterday was solely a cardio day, nothing else. Now, you're not really supposed to weigh yourself after you work out. And I did. I kind of cheated in, in, in this regard. But I just happened to find myself in the locker room. They have a scale there. And I was like, you know what? Let's jump on this thing and see, and see where we are. So fully dressed and holding things in my hands. Notice how I set that all up? Like, yeah. Clothes are heavy, man. Yeah, okay. But I weighed in at 229 yesterday fully dressed. And I feel pretty good about it. Now, what I don't like is that shirt off. I, dude, I'm more confident in my body than I have been in maybe 15 years. Like, I'll walk around naked now in my apartment. I'll, I'm not afraid to take my shirt Jeez. off in a, like, in, in, in a public setting. Like, I don't care. I'm not where I want to be. Where I, I don't, I, I'm not as physically fit as I would like to be, but I know from, wh- from where I came. And so, like, I feel you know, pretty confident about that. But looking at myself in the mirror yesterday after I got home, I felt pretty confident. I was like, dude, it's 10 more. It, it's got to be at least 10 more. Like we're there, but not really. But I, but I do feel like, oh my god, dude! Like a little bit of hard work, a little bit of effort, a little bit of you know self control with not eating, which that's all it is every time. There's no snake oil. There, it, legitimately, you have to make the changes. There's no thing. There's no pill. There's no. There's nothing. You have to do it. And I've been preaching this since I started. Is that life offers you very little achievement anymore. I say it all the time. Your boss doesn't even want you achieving at work because then they got to compensate you. They kind of want to keep you in that mid-level range, not really achieving much, not really, you know, you know, succeeding the way you would like to. That this is if it's an actual achievement you can get. And dude, the positivity that comes with it, it's just I can't even. I don't know. I can't even wrap my head around it. It just it's the confidence that comes with it is so rewarding and worth it. There's a um. You definitely get to a point, and I think with weight loss, with um, uh, recovering from addiction, I think with a lot of things, uh, coming recovering after a heartbreak or something like yes. that, I think there's so many times we expect there to be this like, all right, I did it. And whether that's that line for you of like, all right, 225 or whatever, um, but once you get there... The problem is, is are you going to relapse? It's like, all right, so now I've gotten to 225 pounds. Are you going to, you know what I mean? Is that going to be the, the signal of, what? well, people said I look skinnier and I'm at 225 and I've been doing this for a while. Hey, you know what? I'm going to take a break. Hey, you know what? I'm going to eat this donut. Hey, you know what? You know what I mean? Like so, that's, that's what you got to be concerned about. Well, a little bit of it happened. Right. So last week I was actually playing golf and from across the fairway, I saw a guy I know that I haven't seen since last summer and I waved at him. And I could tell by the way he waved back at me, he was just waving because somebody waved at him, but he didn't know who I was. Right, who is this dude? And then I ran into him in the clubhouse, and he was like, dude, that was you? He's like, I saw you on 6T. He's like, I had no idea that was you. He's like, I just waved just to wave. He was like, how much weight have you lost? And so like that kind of like led into, like, well, maybe I can eat this, and then maybe I can have this. And then I realized yesterday, you can, as long as I don't go back to the way I was doing it before, which is just eating whatever the hell I want all day, every single day, that as long as you work out, as long as you do, it's a 90-10 rule. 90% of the time, do exactly what you should. 10% of the time, do, what exa- do whatever the hell it is you want. Now, you got to make sure that 10% that doesn't actually turn into 40%, like, a, like what Fantona saying but 
dude, I felt good yesterday. Like in a way where I where I was like, dude, you did this thing. You accomplished it. You set a goal. You've pretty much reached it. It's one of the and like I said, dude, life offers very few achievements anymore to where you can legit. And I believe that's what's leading to the lack of self esteem in this country. I believe it's what's leading to you know the rise in depression, rise in suicide is the lack of achieving things. And there is something very rewarding about pushing your body to a limit of and not having to make jokes about how you're the fat guy anymore. There's something very rewarding about that, and I felt great about it. There is a superhero movie that I am very interested to see. I know I knock these things a lot, but there's one of them. I'm excited to see it. I'll give you the reason why I think it's better than the rest and why they should all be doing it this way. That's next on Rock 106.9. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the god of your choosing. Best morning ever! Kent's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. 730. We'll pass out those incarceration tickets. That show July 13th through the 15th. Mansfield Reformatory. We'll get you in. Around 730. Um, there's a superhero movie coming out that I can't wait to see. Okay. And I know people are going to be shocked about this because normally I don't like these. I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of these. Um, I haven't even seen the latest Avengers movie. I have no plan to see the latest Avengers movie. I just, the whole thing just falls flat on me. I don't get it. But The Incredibles Part 2, they saying, is going to, like, rocket between 125 and 140 million dollars uh, at the 4400 locations it will open at. meaning Disney's going to get back on track and Disney's been a little worried because Solo did not do all that well and I had said that I think The Last Jedi being as bad as it was was going to lead to Solo not doing as well at the theater as it should and Solo struggled to hit 400 million. The rest of the Star Wars movies made a billion. So it's official. Solo is a flop. Yeah, I mean, that's a significant drop off there. It's a box office flop. Um, it's a good movie that ended up being a box office flop. Uh, I mean, by today's money standards. Yes, 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 yes. No question about it. I mean, you compare something to a billion to 400 million, of course you're going to be severely disappointed. Getting this from Variety, by the way. Oh, I, I mean,. If you think it was so good, why did it, I mean, like, why did it flop? Why did it suck so bad? I think there was just a little bit of a cooling period. I think the hardcore Star Wars fans like myself thought to themselves, man, The Last Jedi was really bad. Like, it was, like, this was, it was a complete departure from what Star Wars movies are. It just was. And I think people were like, you know what? I'll wait. I'll wait. I'm interested to see this. I think I'm right about this. That I think the solo DVD goes on to be a huge DVD. I, I think it... Blu-ray, whatever. I think it goes on to be a huge version of that. I think it will much be like a cult classic movie. I also think there was no way to make Solo as good as it needed to be because people have been waiting for this movie since 1980. Ever since Empire Strikes Back came out, you've been waiting for the Han Solo story. I know the movies have always been around, like Luke and like Leia and that whole thing, but dude, every kid who grew up wanted to be Han Solo. You know, nobody wanted to be Luke Skywalker. He was always kind of the sissy one. You wanted to be Han Solo. There was no real way to make this movie as good as it needed to be. I thought it was pretty good, but my expectations were way down. And I think that that's what led to happiness out of me. I think at the very least, I mean... Going back to the well pretty frequently on Star Wars now. It feels like every 12 months at the most, it's well, that is what it's been. Yeah. And eventually, there's going to be some turds. You're going to run into the wrong one. Right. And and I would have to agree that that's definitely a component in it. But what I like about, dude, I think Incredibles 2 is going to be awesome. I love the first one. 
And I think the I think the second one's going to be awesome. And I have made this claim since they made the first one. Now, I understand my argument doesn't make a ton of sense because the <laughs> because the superhero movies make money. They make money, right? So you you don't fix what's not broke. But I would enjoy Avengers. I would enjoy X-Men. I would enjoy all that stuff if it was done the way Incredibles is done. Meaning that animation style. It's having Chris Hemsworth playing Thor is what makes it unbelievable to me. Like seeing real humans try to do that is what makes it look so fake and hokey and hacky to me. It looks so hacky. I will make the recommendation to you then. Um, both Marvel and Disney have really, really, really good animated features. They don't come out in theaters or anything like that, but like the Batman animated movies they've came out yeah, with in the past good. 10 years, fantastic. Um, they've had a couple of different Marvel ones that I thought were really cool, like Avengers, like, and sometimes they'll come from like Japan or Korea or whatever, and it'll be like those shows just with like new English subtitles or, you know, English yeah, like, yeah. voice actors. Um, but there's been plenty of good animated made it, you know, superhero cinematic pieces recently. If you did Avengers, Infinity War, whatever the hell it was called, and you did it in the style of Incredibles, I would love it. But it's watching real actors play Loki and play all this stuff where it just comes off looking like a high school play to me. Where it's like, Jesus, there's no, I don't care how good of an actor you are, there's no way to sell this with a real person. There's just not. It just looks so hokey and hacky to me. It might as well be shot on Super 8. Like, that's how it looks to me. Like, still frame. Like, it's just so, they're just so bad. But if you draw it, all of a sudden now I can believe in this world. I can believe in this thing that, that, that this can be done this way. Why is Star Wars different? Star Wars is different. I, it, it is legitimately different because, again, I didn't grow up with the love of superhero comics when I was a kid. I did grow up with Star Wars so I will make excuses for Star Wars and I will make, I will give Star Wars passes but I also think it's part of the reason why Solo didn't do as well. is because honestly dude, you, you, it, disbelief suspending your disbelief is harder than ever before because of the magic of the cell phone and so like it's just getting harder and harder to do um, would Solo have been better as an animated? Probably because like I said, when I went and saw that movie, I had to be careful not to judge the kid playing Han Solo so harshly because Harrison Ford went on to be Harrison Ford. He ended up going on to be a like legit A-list actor, meaning he could legitimately act. We just didn't know that. We're not sure who this kid is yet. So stacking him next to Harrison Ford right now is crazy. Like that's I had to tell myself that in the theater. Like, dude, don't do that because you're being unfair to this kid. But... It, it honestly, would, does it do better if you do it the other way? Maybe, but that's the way to get me into those movies. Now you don't have to do it because all of you people love these Avengers movies, and you're going to see them, and you're taking your kids ten times, and that's who they're really for. And fine, whatever, they're going to make a ton of money. But for me, I can't buy into the world. I can't buy into Chris Hemsworth. He's one of the worst actors I've ever seen in my life. He's terrible. And honestly, I can't even think of who anybody else is in those movies, but they're not all that great. You take Robert Downey Jr. out of those, he's the only real actor in any of them by a mile. The rest of them are all just pretty people in spandex, and that's why I can't do it. If you draw it, I can believe in this fake world. I could believe, I could suspend the disbelief of, dude, you're going to destroy an entire city to do that, and nobody has a problem with it?
I, I could believe it when you draw it. It's using real actors makes all that stuff such a snooze fest for me. We do have those incarceration tickets. We'll give you those. But first, we got to play you this Josh Gordon clip where he is not suffering from a lack of confidence at all. We'll play you that next on Rock 106. Show here for Elite Security Consultants. Fantone and myself will both be on site July 14th as they're going to give you the opportunity to take a door. Essentially, what they have is they have a hostage-type situation building, and you kick the door open and you clear the room out. Fantone and I both did it, and it's awesome. It's an absolutely amazing experience dude and if you've ever thought to yourself man i'm a badass dude i'm, I'm an action hero i could be living that video game uh this is 100 your opportunity man uh you are loaded up in riot gear the music's blasting the lights are blasting and you got to go in and clear that room they have an awesome video that's giving you a better look at what we're talking about and you can see that at escohio.com that's escohio.com 106.9 Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We're online for you at WRQK.com. Coming up at 8 o'clock, a, uh, a Canton homeowner pulled out a weapon, used it. Yeah. That's going to be an interesting story. We'll, uh, we'll break that down for you at 8 o'clock. People are getting pumped about Brown season because, well, the Cavs season ended in the way we didn't want. Yeah, suck it, Indians. <laughs> that is kind of true. It is one of those things. It's like people care about baseball in October and outside of that and like leading up to the playoffs and stuff. Um, it's just baseball, what, what it is for me, it's just too long. Like, you get towards the end of the season, at the very beginning of the season, and the tail end of the season, I love it. You can get me a little lost in the middle of it. I saw this online, so I don't know if it's true or not. Obviously, I've not done the research into it. But I saw something that said for a three-and-a-half-hour baseball game, which the average baseball game is probably three, three-and-a-half there, there's like nine minutes of action within it. Jeez. And like, well, what did I say earlier this year? That baseball's not suffering a, a length of game issue. It's a lack of action on the field issue. And I know you can point to the NFL and kind of say the same thing where it's like, well, if you cut away between plays and blah, 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 blah. But dude, that's eh. pro- it's problematic. It is like for anything, dude, you, you got you to gotta have something happening. The difference is, is that a great catch is fun to watch. And I'm talking baseball now. Like, so if you rob a guy at the wall, that's a great play. Right. And that's kind of fun to watch. It's not quite as fun as watching a receiver go over the middle and get blown up by a defensive back, though. It's not. And then on the opposite side, a home run's awesome. But it's not quite as good as a Tom Brady 35-yard touchdown pass. It's just not. Now, that's me. I know there's a lot of you in your car right now going, you're an idiot. Baseball's way better. But I, I, I think most of the country agrees with me because I think football's just the bigger sport. So people were getting pumped about the Browns, and I'm one of them. I've been saying this for the last few days. Let's think about this. Like, legitimately, let's think about it. You upgraded at GM. You upgraded at offensive coordinator. You upgraded at quarterback twice. You upgraded at wide receiver. You upgraded at running back. You upgraded in your defense. That's six things. It's not little. Like, dude, Dorsey's made some swings here, dude. Some positive things. Yeah, I mean, outside of maybe left tackle, I think it's safe to say the Browns have upgraded kind of across the board. I mean, it just seems there's so many more NFL-ready guys that you know are able to go out there and do something as opposed to dudes who it was like, I don't even know, you know, who's this guy? So they shoved a microphone in Josh Gordon's face yesterday, and he said something that people think is crazy but it might not be as insane as you think. Let's take a listen to what he had to say. How good can this receiving core be? I think we're the best receiving core in the league, in my opinion, um, already, just based off of talent alone. You know, so you put in a playbook and some guys that are hungry enough to go do it, and, you know, hopefully we go out there and, sh- and show and prove that. But that's just my opinion. But uh, this 
not short on talent at the wide receiver position at all. Not at all. Now, first, before we go any further, I want to say, because, you know, this is always Fantone's bitch, and he's right about it. I saw it, actually, with the U.S. Open in golf yesterday. It's 2018, mm-hmm. guys. Mike, a press conference. Get it mic'd up. I mean, dude, is Rock 106.9 doing this? Like, dude, like, that's, I mean, that's as bad as, <laughs> as, bad as it sounds right there. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah, it's just Stansbury. Who cares? Who cares? Just, you know, put him on the pay-no-mind list. It's 2018, guys. Get it mic'd up. Now, yeah. moving forward past that. Okay. Okay. What Josh Gordon said might not be crazy. It might not be crazy. Now I'm now I think people are going to dismiss it right away because it's the Browns and you think to yourself there's no way they could be the best at anything. Outside of losing, what are the Browns going to be best at? But this might not be crazy. So I looked it up. There are places that do this. Now, this is only one outlet. Okay? So take it how you want to take it. But Bleacher Report ran an article. I believe this is late May this year where they ranked every NFL receiving core heading into this next season. Your Browns came in at number 12. So I don't think Gordon's like crazy off the mark here because I think you could be ranked 12 and then go out and produce as the number one. Um, yeah, what do you expect the guy to say? You know what I mean? At the end of the day, a little bit of that. what do you expect him to say? If he says anything other than that, then he's not dedicated. These whiny crybaby sissies. Yeah, th- that's true. I, 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 Before we get further into what Josh Gordon said, I just want to say, dude, Josh Gordon is just unbelievably jacked, dude. I don't know if it's because he's had the full season to like work with the team and have trainers with him as opposed to just smoking blunts and sitting on the couch. But dude, I mean, like I was watching this press conference with him yesterday. His arms are just insane. He does jacked. He does look like a guy who is ready to capitalize on a second chance. Yeah, I mean, he is just 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 straight muscle, dude. And he's a freak, dude. Like he he legitimately he is he could be in contention for best wide receiver in the league. Now, you know, I think bringing him back and him like I said having that full season to work or that full off season to work with the team as opposed to being suspended through part of it and he can't talk to guys or whatever. Um, you know, Jarvis Landry is a very good wide receiver as well, but these dudes haven't played they, they haven't played a snap together yet. So yeah. to start saying like, oh, we're best in the league, best in the league. Well, he said on talent alone. At this point, like, I appreciate, I do, I appreciate the improvement, I appreciate the confidence, because like I said, what do you expect the guy to say? What do you, what do you expect no, him yeah, to say that's here? that's what you're going to do. But if you're really thinking that this is going to be the best receiving core in the league, eh, let's hold on. This very much to me feels like second best offensive line in the NFL last year. Yeah. Second best, number two. Yeah, but we knew that was BS. There's, I mean, there's, there's plenty of good wide receiver duos in the NFL right now. I mean, you've got what's going on in Philadelphia. Obviously, those guys are pretty decent together. Um, Detroit's got a good wide receiving core, so it's not. You're right. It's not out of the bounds to say one of the best, but to come out and be like, dude, this is the best. I wait till you play a football game. Together. So your receivers are Josh Gordon, Jarvis Landry, Corey Coleman. They're ranked twelfth from Bleacher Report. So I, we'll take a look at everybody that's ahead of us. Philadelphia Eagles they have in front of us. The New Orleans Saints, again, both those teams are Super Bowl contenders. You got the Detroit Lions are ahead of us. Who do they have here? Marvin Jones, Golden Tate, Kenny. Oh, yeah, yeah, that is pretty good. good. Yeah, that is pretty good. You have the Los Angeles Rams with Cooper Cup, Brandon Cooks, and Robert Woods. Brandon Cooks is a legit wide receiver. That may be true. Tampa Bay, yeah, Mike Evans is the real deal, dude. He He's big, strong. He's got second burst speed. Like, yeah, dude, Mike Evans is legit. 
uh, the Los Angeles Chargers with Keenan Allen, Travis Benjamin, who, if memory serves, was a Cleveland Brown, was he not? Correct. Okay. Uh, so they're ahead of us. Kansas City Chiefs are ahead of us with Tyreek Hill, Chris Conley, Sammy Watkins. Again, yeah. your GM, John Dorsey, I believe, found Tyreek Hill, found him in a position in the draft where nobody saw him. New York Giants, obviously, you have Odell there. Uh, that's going to help you. Number three with the Pittsburgh Steelers, Juju Smith-Schuster, Darius hayward Bay, yeah. and <laughs> and Antonio Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, so you're not even the best in your division. Like you're, So you, you are. That is true. But, dude, did you see this Antonio Brown press conference yesterday? Like, dude, that, went, that thing went sideways. Like, where he was talking about, you guys make a big deal out of what I'm doing. I'm not doing it. I'm just being me. It's, dude, it sounds like there are bad things happening in Pittsburgh. Um, And it seems to be that there's positive things happening in Cleveland um, what I'm going to say about all this is too is like yeah dude there's been an, a, a, an injection of talent into the Browns no doubt about it you, you you still have to remember these dudes haven't haven't done it yet together you're going to have those growing pains and they're that, catching balls in practice with nobody guarding right the talent the talent fine exists but right. like the cohesiveness of the team and the ability to make big plays happen that doesn't yet the confidence as a team Josh Gordon is confident but that team's not confident no, yet not. You, have, you haven't won a football game no they're not your number two wide receiver core in the league heading into this season is the Atlanta Falcons. And again, you have Julio Jones, yeah. Mohamed Sanu, you know, Calvin Ridley. That's a real wide receiver core as well. And the number one, and I'm surprised by this, is the New England Patriots. Because the narrative always is Tom doesn't have wide receivers. Tom doesn't play with all-stars. The Tom did that and he, and the thing is true is that dude his wide receivers have flipped over how many times in that guy's run and no matter what he completes passes. So he is I believe Tom Brady is the X factor, but they have the New England Patriots rated number 1 with Julian Edelman, Chris Hogan, Cordell Patterson and Malcolm Mitchell. However, there could be a problem with Edelman, right? Like, isn't there? Aren't they saying that there may be a suspension? I don't, they may have already ruled, but I think Edelman may be. There's some PED issues, yeah. right? So something may end up happening there. But for the Browns, here's what I'll say: to walk away with a national rag saying to you that your Cleveland Browns have the 12th best wide receiver core in the NFL. That's a positive. We have been receiver deficient. For as long as I can remember. So to even be ranked top 15 in a league full of 32 teams, I absolutely love this. And I think Tyrod Taylor doesn't turn the ball over. I think this team, oh God, dude, I don't want to buy in all the way again and get and get hurt. But I think you get your four wins. I do. I think it's four. And I know I'm making that sound like it's really good. I just think four is a reasonable place to start. And then the year after that, you can start talking seven, eight, nine wins. But I think you got to start somewhere. And I believe that John Dorsey will install the or instill the winning culture here in Cleveland. It remains to be seen. But Josh Gordon, not lacking confidence. We'll get you guys hooked up with those incarceration tickets. That's next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. The NBA offseason already supplying tons of drama. You got Lonzo Ball, Laker, putting out a diss track against his own teammate, Kyle Kuzma. That video available for you at WRQK.com. Then Lonzo's dad goes on TV yesterday, says LeBron to the Lakers. He knows it's happening. Okay. That video online, WRQK.com, I believe that, honestly, Lonzo Ball, LeVar Ball, and the diss tracks and the Kyle Kuzma drama, honestly, is more all the reason if LeBron's a Laker, you got to empty that cupboard out. Get those dudes, get those young dudes out of there. And I think he's going to want vets. I don't think he's going to want to deal with that madness. That's just me. But those videos are available for you at WRQK.com. 
As the NBA drama continues, I just want to say um, I am getting further or closer and closer to uh, uncovering the rumors about LeBron James possibly coming to the Canton Charge, dude. A lot of people are talking about I it. I like this move. A if, lot of people. Dude, if you think about it, it's a lock. You bring Perk back down here. LeBron and Perk played the G League. You three-peat for sure. Boom. Three more rings. Now you catch Now you catch Michael. Michael who? Michael who? What, what are we talking about right now? Right. So yeah, so I'm gonna keep my uh, you know my thumb on the pulse right now, and hopefully you know we'll uh, we'll get a little more confirmation. LeBron James to the can't charge question mark could happen. Could happen. So that's as likely as this next thing we're getting ready to talk about. To be honest with you, that's honestly that's probably more likely. Okay. I saw this yesterday and honestly laughed so hard I almost fell off my couch. Okay. Now we've already linked this for you at Facebook.com/slash Stansbury Show so you can see it. But apparently, what has gone down here, scientists in North Carolina mm-hmm. have created an e-fit, essentially taking like electronic images and compiling them together. And apparently, this is what American Christians believe that God would look like. Oh. Okay. Now, God gets confusing because it's the three Pete there, or it's the three headed thing, there, right? Okay. You know? Yeah. Father, Son, the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. There. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot going on there, and it's all depending on who he wants to be at the moment. Uh, now, I, very, very convenient. I, for, I was going to say the, for our Lord and Savior. I'm I'm very religiously ignorant, and I I will fully admit that about myself. So there's not three separate bodies. It's God just moving around whichever way He wants to. He, there, if I remember the Bible correctly, yes, that God sent His Son, but really it's you, and it's that. It's that that Jesus Gosh. was God Ugh. in human form, but it's His. But technically, so the human being could understand the story, He sent His Son to earth okay <laughs> right okay, I remember, I remember. no dude the suspension of disbelief needed for, dude, uh, for the bible just dude, animate it <laughs> dude i've said it a thousand times that if you just made the movie the bible and you weren't raised to believe that this story is true you would look at that movie and go that is the most ridiculous story i've ever you couldn't get past dudes walking on water which, by the way, they actually went back and looked at the translation. The translation actually is, he walked by the water, not on it, which is wildly less impressive. I can walk by it. Mysterious ways, Stansberry. Myst- oh, okay. Mysterious all right. ways. All right, all right. Now, look, I'm not really looking to poke you in the side you, you know, of the religious people. I'm not. Right. I used to be that guy. I don't really want to be that guy anymore. Okay. Okay? But they did an e-fit. Essentially just compiling, like, you know, electronic images of what... American Christians believe God looks like. Now, we've seen the photos of Jesus, like, you know, the drawings of Jesus. And for some reason, I know I'm not the first person to make this analogy, he looks like he's the lead singer of Molly Hatchet. I don't understand how a Middle Eastern Jew ends up looking like, you know, a guy from Kentucky, but whatever. (laughs) I mean, whatever makes you feel more comfortable about, you know, believing in your God. Because, dude, honestly, let's be honest. Jesus looked more like Mohammed than what you're comfortable with. Oh, yeah. Oh, you just think he was pale skin walking around in Birkenstocks and a sheet and back in the day in the Middle East? Yeah, cool story, bro. I like it. But dude, this new EFIT images, they dude, this guy looks like the pedophile from down the street. <laughs> he does. He looks like a pedophile who lives down the street from you. I'm sorry, Jeez. that's what he looks like. I know. But apparently University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill created a sketch with the help of 511 different Christians. 
They saw hundreds of randomly varying face pairs and selected which face from each pair appeared more like how they imagined God to appear. Then by combining all the selected faces, the researchers could assemble a composite face of God that Fantone would reflect how each person imagined God to appear. Now, again, you can see the photo. Facebook.com slash Stansbury Show. It looks like Elon Musk. To me. I guess... If you're doing it like that, if they're not describing what they see in their mind, they're saying, like, which is more godlike, picture A or picture B, and then going down from there, maybe that's why it didn't end up. Because to me, when I think what most people think would God would look like, it's old dude, big white beard, right? Bald, like skinny Santa. Uh, yeah, essentially <laughs> skinny Santa. I mean, pretty much like yeah. every pop culture, you know, like yeah. uh, like fa- Moses, right? Like Family Guy's Jesus, like our uh, Family Guy's God, where it's like old white dude, she, white, yeah. right? Long, long white hair, okay. no hood, right? <laughs> you know, oh, no, that, 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 that part's important, no hood. But yeah, she long white beard carrying the cane, right? That's God. No, I don't know why God would be that thing. You could be anything you want. I don't right. know why he wouldn't be slick in a suit. I, right. I, have, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. You know, I'm a pretty exclusive neighborhood the guy lives in. But apparently it's a toga party up there. I For some reason, I can't figure this out. But, if dude, people can't believe this is what this guy... First of all, wouldn't he... There's not a wrinkle on this face. Like, right? Well, I mean... If you're God, I guess you got the best face moisturizer there yeah, is. Yeah, I was going to say Botox isn't out of the question there for him, right? I Plenty mean, of L'Oreal up yeah, there. Yeah, you got money for it. <laughs> got stuff going on. Yeah, got stuff going on. I just don't know why people... like. Again, the Jesus thing is even more crazy to me. It's like, if that's what you think Jesus looks like, he was in Skinnerd? I think especially, you know, a thousand years ago... Um, getting people to grasp the concepts of like how America is that Jesus right. looking like he warns the tilt a world like right. it's so America dude. To, 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 to ask them not of course you're gonna make him look like me you know what I'm saying like hey this is what I look like therefore this is what he would have looked like um but I think even just the concept of throwing him in a body form I mean why would God be in a body form right like what are you doing that for just to make things easier as you as you walk through the pearly gates there so what do you think it's like an aura of I don't like, know. vapor I yeah at this Ball point, gas, at this point, I would say if, if there's an afterlife, are we really even in our bodies still? Like, aren't you your own separate thing? I don't know if I necessarily want to be stuck with this again in the afterlife, right? Just smoke floating around, right, dude? Something else? Yeah, I don't know about that one. That is that's an interesting point, though. Like, would you, I would imagine in heaven you would shell your, your 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 carbon self the same way that we all think aliens are going to look like us in the sense of they're on two feet, eyes up here, hands hand up here, heads. It's because that's what we view everything to be because that's what we are. I don't know if necessarily when when you know they open up the pearly gates or the the the, the doors to the spaceship there, it's going to come out looking like oh yeah, I can tell who you are. Dude, here's the thing. I don't know if we're the best radio show in Canton. As a matter of fact, I do. But (laughs) nobody commits blasphemy better than the two of us, dude. Literally, nobody commits blasphemy better than us. We do have these incarceration tickets. That's July 13th through the 15th, Mansfield Reformatory. Let's uh, send caller number 17 right now. 1-800-243-7625 on those. Be right back with more Sansbury Show. Hang on. The Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come true. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9.
Yo guys, it is Fantone from the Stansberry Show here to tell you about the LASIK surgery I had done at the Roholt Vision Institute. Now, if you're anything like me, man, surgery, which is why you probably have a lot of questions, maybe you have some concerns, dude, and I want you to visit the website, roholtvision.com. While you're there, you can take a self-evaluation test, you can find some of the frequently asked questions about LASIK, and you can check out the financing options as well, dude. Make an investment in yourself. Check it out today, roholtvision.com. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Again, coming up at 8 o'clock, a Canton homeowner brandished a weapon. Things are going to get sticky in that story. We'll uh, we'll wade through it together as a class, 8 o'clock. Before the break, we were talking about how uh, these scientists over at uh, in North Carolina put together EFIT images. They interviewed like something like 511 Christians, asked them what they felt God looked like between other photos. They then compiled all those photos, and then they came up with the space of what people think God looks like. And it's a pedophile who lives down the street from you. It's not. I don't believe that's what God looks like. I have no idea if God's real or not. I'm not one of these people who's going to tell you for sure that he's not. But I uh, I do feel confident in saying he does not look like that. I feel pretty confident in that. Stansberry dies of a heart attack later today. This face just waiting for you. Like, what did you want you have to say, Stansberry? I don't think I get to go. They're just gonna be like, nah, you don't even get up here. You don't no. even get to the. You don't even get to the velvet rope. No, I don't. Even, I don't think so. I might not even be good enough for purgatory. So like, yeah, we're not even gonna discuss it. Just send them the other way. Maybe. I, don't know. I honestly don't know. I would like honestly, if God's real, what I would like is if I, if I die and have to face judgment, I would like, dude. This is who I think God is. Hey man, you know what? You didn't believe. Um, but you were wrong. For like the third time in your life, you were wrong, right? Um, but I forgive you. You tried to live decently even though you didn't believe in this teaching. That you still tried to d- tried to be as decent as you could. Well, not as decent as I could be. Like, you, but you tried to be pretty decent. Since we're patting himself on the back yeah, there, don't stretch it too far. You're getting a little carried away. Right. But I tried to be decent. Well, tried, you murder anybody. <laughs> tried to help my fellow man. Donated money when I could. Tried to do the right things. All the while not believing in this, which then makes it more impressive to it to me. Come on in. That's what I'm hoping he says. Isn't that the whole thing, though, is not a question of did you live a moral and just life? It's did you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior? Well, I once upon a time did that. Okay. I was baptized. <laughs> that just takes the whole thing. That's the whole thing. That's it. Well, a lot of plot holes. One size fits all here. Okay? A lot of plot holes in the religion thing. But I did. I did that. I was baptized as a Christian. So, I mean, technically, I have done that. I Now I have strayed from the past. You know what I mean? But I feel like Jesus would be like, you know what? He's not the worst. Yeah, come on, buddy. Come on. You know what I mean? Come on. Bring him in here. Somebody's got to host a 7 to 11, you know, 7 to midnight shift up there and like, you know, Heaven 101. Oh, Heaven 101. So, somebody's, somebody's got to lock down Heaven 101. Who was that band your dad always wanted you to listen to instead of Molly Crew Striper? Striper, yeah. Striper, action coming Dude, up right, stands exactly right, right now. Who, who introduces Striper from the stage? It's me. That's me. Wearing a pentagram Motley Crue shirt. Exactly right. Here comes Michael Sweet and the boys to sing Our God Reigns. There it comes. <laughs> Jesus, dude. I remember the day, like, like this is how crazy that got when I was a kid. Like, you gotta remember, dude, music was under attack then. You know what I mean? And my dad had hired, like, this, this, this younger youth minister. And one of the things he was gonna do is he was gonna get all of us kids to turn in our tapes, right? <laughs> like, as the tapes were, were turning us into, like, evil human beings, right? And he did. I went to like five Striper shows because of that. Like, I remember seeing Striper at the Agora. I was like 10. 
And then, like, he actually took me somewhere. Was it Indiana to see some, like, up-and-coming Christian metal band in, like, the back of a bar? It was awful. It was miserable. I remember the whole way home, I couldn't wait to get home because Headbangers Ball was on. And I was like, dude, I'm so sick of this Christian BS rock and roll. Dude, I just, somebody play me Queensryche. Like, I was losing it. But, yeah, dude, once upon a time, I think I gave up, like, 300 and some tapes. That was sad times. That was sad times. But yeah, dude, Striper wasn't the worst. They're actually on tour right now. I like how we have Striper in the system, but with not no Queen's explanation, Rage. no Slayer, no anything like that. It was just like, all right, well, we got some Striper here. Was Striper us? Did we do that? Maybe I don't we, know. Maybe maybe we ordered that because of uh, because of my history. To hell with the devil. Yeah, dude, just wearing yellow and black and just the yellow and black attack, the super bees. Here they come, the bees for Jesus. It was like them, and then they had that awful like Christian rap group DC Talk, which, oh, was, yeah. which was worse, which was worse. And that's why like some of the bands that have a little bit of this in their background don't really go out of their way to talk about it. Like, P.O.D.'s a Christian band, but they don't really talk about it at the time because they know it's going to affect album sales. There was another one, Creed, and now they actually got like labeled as it, and I think that hurt people, and some people didn't want to think that they were any good because of it, which, let's be honest, Creed and Nickelback are both better bands than you wouldn't admit they are. They didn't sell all those records to nobody. Some of you were lying about whether or not you like Creed or whether or not you like Nickelback. Those albums are in your collection. Nice try, bro. I know you turned down songs at the stop sign. I know. I know. You hate summer, dude, because it's window down season. You can't listen with arms wide open You're really loud anymore. I know. We all know. Come out of the Creed closet, bro. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, dude, I had to listen to a ton of Striper. Listen to them, dude. They were great. Michael Sweet, man. Yeah, no, that, I, don't know what, I don't know what my dad was thinking. Apparently, he was not thinking. A can homeowner brandished a gun. This story is going to get tricky. We'll wade through it together. That will be next on Rock 106.9. Stansberry Show. Rock 1069. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 1069, online for you at WRQK.com. I'm glad a lot of you seem to be enjoying the Pantera this morning. Which is good. I, I am happy. I, I like when you guys are happy. That you usually yeah. means uh, successful things for me. I have always felt like that band was just a smidge overrated. Smidge. Not a ton. Smidge overrated. I feel like here's what happened. Like, there was not a lot of aggressive rock music being made right then. It was more whiny, sissy. Uh, not sissy, but a little bit more whiny, woe is me-ish. And Pantera was like the one thing that was like, nope, we're aggressive and in your face. And I think that they, and, and because of the like the lack of things around them, that they were then highlighted a little bit more. I think they get the same treatment that Slayer gets, where it's like, it's an easy, identifiable metal band that's not Metallica. Therefore, it's like, yeah, it's cool. Like, and it's the shirts cool. are cool. Right, 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 right. right and the shirts yeah. are cool. Yeah, I, I think that definitely helped. I, um, I, I. That song in particularly, I was never a real big fan of. I was always more of like a Five Minutes Alone, Cemetery Gates kind of guy. But that's you know that's just me. Yeah, they're all right. I mean, I don't hate Pantera. I don't want to. I don't want to make it sound like that. I really like them. But no, I like Pantera. I just felt like they were always a smidge overrated. People always get really on me when I say this. I think Machine Head was the better band from that era. People go, you can't compare it to different genres. And I always say, well, I mean, they're out around the same time. Rock fans like both. For me, I think Machine Head was the better band. That's just me. So. This story, I think, is going to get tricky, where uh, now Canton police are investigating after a homeowner shot a guy outside of his house this Monday night. 
Uh, this was uh, at 23rd Street Northeast just before 11 o'clock in the evening. So the guy who, uh, the resident of the home said, here's what happened, Fantone. A guy showed up in the door, started pounding on the door, right? Okay. He doesn't know this person. It's shortly before 11 o'clock. He doesn't know okay. this person. And the guy's asking to speak to a woman that the resident does not know. Okay. okay. So then the man then threatens him. This is the guy knocking on the door, threatens the homeowner, right? So then he goes back to his vehicle and then returns a couple of minutes later. Short time is what they're calling it. So the homeowner then goes, well, the guy obviously went to his car to get a gun. So he steps out of his house, takes his 12-gauge shotgun, fires two shots, and hits the dude in the stomach. Now, the homeowner's mother says any sane person would have done the same thing. We'll put a pin in that. I'm not I'm not sure that's at, I'm not sure that's the way that would have went down. She also said, "Yes, my 2-year-old granddaughter was in the house at the time, just th- thankful that everyone's all right." Now, the 38-year-old man who was pounding on the door asking to speak to somebody who does not live there was shot but uh, I'm hearing is in stable condition at Altman Hospital. He uh, went through some surgery Tuesday morning. Now, they're waiting until he's in better condition to interview him. My guess would be later today, maybe tomorrow, that might happen. It might take you a little bit more time getting a belly full of shotgun blasts right there. It'd take you a little bit of time to, uh, to uh, nah, dude, I, I Dude, I bet they could have you sewn up. You'd be off the drugs. By, by, by mid-afternoon today, by tomorrow, you could be talking to police, I, I, I believe. I, I don't think that would be a it, – it's not it, – actually, they say, dude, being shot in the gut's the best place to be shot. But they're going to wait until he's in a little bit better condition to interview him. Um. And the homeowner at this time has not been charged. They say it's obviously going to be sent to a grand jury to decide. The homeowner, they say, does have a concealed carry permit. I don't know why that would matter. From my understanding, and I don't know if this is true or not, I'm sure gun people will tell me. I don't believe a concealed carry permit covers a 12-gauge shotgun. I don't believe that's... I, I Now, I could be speaking way out of turn there. I don't know. Yeah, but I think maybe, if anything, they were just trying to show that... This homeowner is a responsible, was a responsible gun owner, gun owner somebody enough. right who'd, who'd gone through the correct you know channel. Fair enough. There. I maybe I read it wrong. To me, it read like we're going to try to drag this into this. Um, but but that could it could easily been what you're saying there. Now I believe this guy is going to get charged because you shot him outside your house. You walked outside your house to shoot him. The moment the dude steps away and goes to the car and comes back, you call nine one one. That's what you do. Now, does does your property count as your house? Well, because I've he's still heard, on your property. Right? I mean, I've heard of people breaking into homes, getting shot, and then them charging the, the homeowner with shooting the guy, even though somebody was breaking into your house. So, I think it's one of these things that really does matter where you live and what's going on, the castle doctrine and that whole thing. I don't know, to be honest with you, if what happens there, but my guess is they're going to charge you because the guy was not inside your residence. Now, for me. I don't know what the the actual law is, but for me, if you're in my house and shouldn't be there, I should have to ask you no questions whatsoever. I should be able to take out a gun and shoot you dead square in your face. You're in my house, bro. What are you doing in here? You shouldn't be in here. I should be able to shoot you dead on sight if you're in my house. But if you're outside of it, even if you're threatening me, there are other options to be taken here. The only thing I'm going to say is that I think you can make the argument of property equals house. I mean, you're on my property. Therefore, what are you doing here? You could be here to attack me. Um, I would like to know what the threats were, too, because like that's very open-ended to me where... Pretty wide umbrella. Yeah, and I mean, I obviously do not know what was happening with this guy that got shot, um, but... 
going to the wrong door is not unheard of. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like, oh my God, I can't believe like you're an obvious criminal. Like going to, you know, I thought this was the address or this looks like the house sits down the street. That can't be enough to start licking off shots. Even if it's at 11 o'clock at night, even if you feel intimidated at that moment, just because somebody comes knocking at your door doesn't mean you just get to automatically shoot them, right? No, I can't imagine that's that that's the case. Uh, Corey writing in telling me Castle Doctrine only covers inside the residence. Okay. Ohio is duty to retreat. If he could shut the door, lock it, but instead chose to shoot, he's going to be charged. I agree. I think that's what's going to happen here. And like I said, you have another option. Even if the guy goes to the car, comes back, knocks on the door. At that point, dude, 911 is what you do. I mean, but what were those threats? If he said, yo, I'm going to F and kill you, and then he goes out to his car and starts charging back up at your house. Okay, now I'll play devil's advocate here a little bit. And this is how a lawyer is going to ask him when he's sitting in, in a courtroom. If you felt threatened, what'd you walk out of the house for? Because I felt my family was threatened. I'm going to go out there and take care Risk of the my problem life as opposed them. to save them. So, like, yeah, that's I can, the answer. I can, I can walk away from that, or I can I can talk my way out of that. That's the answer. I don't think it holds up. I, I think what the threats were, because, like I said, that's so open ended. If you think, if you think, okay, so I'm going to assume this was about a woman uh, that this guy. He was asking for a woman who the who the resident did not know. So he thought the guy who got shot should be pointed out. I'm going to say that the resident claims he didn't know. So the guy who got shot, knocking on the door. Where's Rebecca? Where's Rebecca? Where's Rebecca? In his mind, this dude was probably banging Rebecca. Whether that is or is not true, that's probably where he went with it immediately because he knew that this house over on the southwest side, that's where she's banging this dude at and blah, 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 blah. If he says, I'm going to kick your ass because he thought he was that the homeowner was banging his girlfriend, that's different than saying, I'm going to kill you when it comes to a threat, right? I mean, just because somebody says they're going to kick your ass doesn't mean you get to shoot them. Well, the severity of the threat's different. For me, um, I mean, they're they're in the same ballpark, but yes, different. I just think, dude, you got problems. You walked out of the house and you pointed a shotgun at somebody, shot him in the stomach. I think this is indicative of a lot of people who look for the opportunity of like, hey, I'm going to get to be John Wayne. I'm going to get to be, be the cowboy here is that you aren't using that weapon as a last resort. You're using that as like a, hey, I get to use my gun now. And I think there is a little bit of like that mentality that that exists. And you can certainly find yourself some problems because well, of with that many gun owners out there, there's no way that doesn't exist in some people. Yeah, and we better we better give everyone their outs here. I'm not saying all gun owners. I'm not saying that that's like, oh man, that's the common. Everybody just wants to start shooting people. Not at all. Not even close to what I'm trying to say. But it of course is true. But there is that truth in it right there. And like that is a problem. And if you're going to be a responsible gun owner, I think step one is don't point it unless you, you truly don't use it unless you truly have to use that's it. That's what everybody says. Don't point it unless you're willing to shoot. Right. It. That's and, what everybody and, says. And I, I think this was probably a case of like, I feel threatened, which is understandable. Dude, if somebody comes knocking at my door at 11 o'clock at night asking for some woman, I'm going to feel threatened in my house. No question about it. Doesn't mean sure. you get, it doesn't mean you get to start licking off shots at people. though. No, I, uh, I, I think what's happened here without having any more information on it. And again, I, you could maybe not believe the homeowner. Maybe he does know who this woman is. You're Right? You could maybe go that route. To me, what this sounds like is a guy with mental illness knocked on the wrong door right. and got shot. Right. And if that ends up what being happened, sympathy will then be with the, with the guy who got shot, and this guy's going to end up facing serious charges. Uh, mental illness or not, somebody knocked on the wrong door. I think, I think the homeowner was so 
adrenaline up, so juiced up, so un- unfamiliar with this feeling of like, oh my gosh, I'm threatened, I'm scared. Gun was the first thing that he could go to, and it ended up being a problem here. Dude, I got to tell you, this may sound crazy, but this is one of the reasons why I don't want to move away from my apartment. Because I got a couple of lines of defense there. Like, multiple people live in the building, so if you're knocking on the door, right, like there's a couple of things there. You're probably less likely to kick in somebody's door if you got to go through another, like, lobby and then, then have to find an apartment door to kick open. Right. I think, honestly, dude, apartment living keeps me kind of safe in this regard. Like, dude, I was driving through a Canton neighborhood. I'm not going to tell you which one yesterday on my way somewhere, and I was looking around like, Jesus. Like, dude, this honestly could get real hairy at any moment. Obviously, and if I lived here, because this is where I would have to live, like, dude, my door could be kicked in any moment. There's something about my apartment building that makes me think that can't happen where I am, even though I live in what is considered to be not a great neighborhood. But there's something about that that makes me feel like I got another barrier, another line of defense, where if I'm in my house and I don't have a gun, it's just me in there. And some big thug's going to turn me upside down and shake the change out of my pocket. Like, I can't have it. Like, there's something about apartment living. But I think this guy is going to be charged, and I think he's going to end up doing time in jail because you walked out of your house, pointed a gun at somebody, and shot it. I think, ultimately, you will be charged, and you will end up doing some sort of time for that. More Stansberry Show is right around the corner. You guys hang on. Hope you boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock Number 69 online for you at WRQK.com. Science claims being single is awesome. All right. And that uh, it's the better way to live being single. So at 930, we'll get into that. I will tell you, as a single person, uh, I will have a couple of things in its favor and a couple of things that are not so great about it. Yeah, I'm already going to call it. Griff is always going to be greener, dude. It's uh, I, I, there are there are pluses, but there are some negatives. So we'll do that at 9:30. Everybody wants to know where LeBron's going. Now okay. I have said since the preseason, I believe he's out. I think he's going. Okay. Now I have amended that statement throughout this season, saying that there is an opportunity for him to sign a one more time, a one year deal. Wait till next year's free agency, figure out, and then maybe go. My overall point is I do not believe the LeBron James career ends without another jersey. This year, next year, whenever, I don't believe another jersey is not in the mix. Okay. Okay? Okay. And I just believe that that will happen. So everybody's like all, like, where's he going, right? Now, it seems to be Vegas has the odds on favorite as Los Angeles. But to me, that just feels like an easy pick. People go, oh, big brand, L.A. guy, wants to do things outside of basketball. And it's just like the St. V argument. Guys, LeBron James doesn't have to be in Los Angeles to get L.A. business. Yeah, for people, I saw that making the argument. If he wants to be a media mogul, it's like, you idiots, he's already he's already producing shows and movies and all this stuff. It, what, well, what, you can do this stuff from anywhere in the world. I bet his followers on his social media platforms probably rival TV networks, don't they? Sure. My yeah. guess is his followers probably rival news networks. So he already is a media mogul. He is one of those things. Yeah, he's doing all right. He's got some brand awareness. I don't believe LeBron James has to be in Los Angeles to get LA-type business. He's already doing it. I think that's a very antiquated thought of like, well, 30 years ago, players wanted to go to New York because that would put more shine on them. And, you know, maybe maybe that's true with lesser guys. It's still true of Damian Lillard. Right. If you're a C-list guy, if you're a a, a B-minus player in the NBA, then yeah, you know, maybe that doesn't But you're LeBron James. Yeah, dude, you're LeBron. You don't have to do that at all. Exactly right. Okay, so 
I have always said I believe he's going to be a Houston Rocket. Right. Right. I believe he wants to play with Chris Paul. As a matter of fact, he has said earlier in his career he would like to, before he's done, would like to play with Chris Paul. Now, people tell me the money can't work because you can't have Harden, Chris Paul, and LeBron James and keep a decent enough bench to beat the Warriors. I don't disagree with that take. I think there's a way to get LeBron James, Chris Paul on the Houston Rockets, move James Harden out, and they can get better. I know that sounds crazy, but I think there's a way to do it. I don't have the answer, but I believe LeBron can go, dude, just find me another Shane Battier, and me and Chris Paul can get it done. Uh, I think you're, I think, I think that would be a very, um, what do I want to say, a lot of hubris in that thought there, because, yes, do I think James Harden, or do I think LeBron James considerably better than James Harden? Yes, I, I 100% think that, but that's still not enough to beat the Warriors. I, don't, I, I mean, unless, in, in, I don't know who you're lining that bench with that would change my mind, but Chris Paul and LeBron James and the rest of the Houston Rockets, as constructed right now, still not enough. You're, you may be right out there. I don't know if that, if that gets it done, but what does LeBron think and the hubris and the ego that's going to come into it? I believe he's going to go, but there is a reporter who I believe will never get spoken to from LeBron James ever again because she said this. Okay, Marla Ridenour of the Akron Beacon Journal yeah. went on record, and I think, dude, this is the fastest way to get LeBron James not to talk to you anymore. She does much of show on a semi-regular basis. Is that right? Yeah. I believe she will never get another quote from LeBron James ever again now because she says, I heard it from his own lips when we were in Houston this season. He does not like Houston as a city. So that would require him moving to a place he's not crazy about. If you're LeBron, you don't like that quote. You just told a pretty big NBA franchise and team and fan base, I hate you. He's not going to be crazy about that. Where did he say it? That's the thing. Did he say this privately to her? I doubt. I would assume this was said in like a press conference situation or getting off the plane situation. I don't I don't necessarily. Oh, see, the way she presented it, I heard it from his own lips, said to me, I thought maybe he was being candid with her walking back and forth from someplace. It was like, dude, I'm not really crazy about Houston. Well, and I mean, that's possible. I just wonder, were there other, if there were other media members around and this wasn't exclusively her having a, a, a conversation with him, then he has, then that's a moot point. You said it in public. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm a reporter. I didn't think about that. I was under the impression because of the way she presented it, and I would have thought that had he said it out loud somewhere else that somebody else would have had the story. I don't think he necessarily is going to say that to a reporter. He's Dude, he's 15 years in the league. You know what I mean? So he knows. He's the any, most calculated player we've ever seen. Anything he says is going to be reported. That's, I mean, that's just the truth of it. So, like, I, I'm sure he said this, and I don't think he necessarily was trying to hide it. Really? Yeah, and uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. Personal personal things matter in life, and I think for him, especially at this point, where you feel like you've accomplished so much, but no matter what else you accomplish, you're still going. It's still going to be diminished. I, I, I understand where he's coming from, especially from the sense of like, if I have to take my family out there and they don't want to be here, and I don't want to be here, and I don't end up winning, then not only does it legacy points against me. In a professional sense, now Savannah's pissed at me. Now Bronny's pissed at me. Now Zuri or whatever her name is is all like. So there is a little bit of, and I, it's it's so bizarre to say because he is a brand. He is a a something more than a human, but he's still a human, and he still has to deal with his wife being pissed off at him, and he still has to factor in like, well, what are my kids going to think about this? And like, it doesn't seem like it would matter, but I think it does. I disagree. I think, dude, the greats, they know. 
They know the window, man. You got to capitalize. You got to do it when you can do it. And if your wife's pissed at you for two years while you're going to chase rings, I think at the end of the day, dude, yes, he's going to have to hear it. She's going to have things to say. But doesn't he turn around in the bedroom and go, look at where we are. This is all because I'm 6'8", 300 pounds, and a freak of nature. This is Otherwise, we would be homeless. Like, dude, are you kidding me? I got to do what's best for this. There's only so many years I can do this. Like, I think, yes, he deals with it, but much like Brady keeps Giselle at bay, like, yeah, dude, she keeps talking about how she wants Tom to quit. What's Tom say? I'm playing till 45. No, I don't think Tom will play till 45, but what's he say? He's telling his woman, shut up, woman. This is my career. I'll decide. And I think LeBron's going to do this the, the very same thing. Like, dude, I'll deal with an angry wife to win, to win championships. Like I've said throughout this whole week, the only thing is, in his mind, he knows that possibility of him not winning that championship, very real. There's safety, there's safety in staying where you are. There's comfort in staying where you are. And I, I know it's a bit of a stretch, but it, to me, it just adds up that... I can I can continue to put forth the numbers I need to to climb to climb rankings of you know most points scored most rebounds blah 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 I can continue to you know have a long career where I'm the star piece of the Cavaliers but if I don't win ever again I get to hide behind well there there is comfort in that because you're right it the, in a Cavs jersey is the one place he cannot win and nobody cares and it's right because we'll no love you nobody expects you to win the Cavs fans are so desperate you already gave them a title they're gonna love you no matter matter what nobody expects you to stay at this point right so if you stay dude those good guy points uh, just compound there there is there is a lot of upside for him to stay in a Cavs jersey right now I would agree with that that there is some of that I just don't believe the all-time now this is what people talk about though we're like you know he doesn't have that Kobe he doesn't have that Michael killer instinct and that maybe that's why he stays here because I think Kobe and Michael if they were in this same situation would be like dude get me out of here I got to figure this out where LeBron's not necessarily that guy now I have said I think LeBron's better than Michael, but the truth remains that for the first three quarters, I want LeBron James. But when the fourth quarter starts, give me Michael Jordan. I mean, Jordan went to the Wizards. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you got you got to factor that in here. Yeah. That like he did leave. He did say this was this isn't good enough. I, I gotta go. Mean, and then what happened to him? I mean, the 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 comedy of his career, the 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 part of his career you look at and just laugh at. It, it, I think LeBron knows that, and I think he does not want that. Yeah, I think LeBron knows that the league is different now. How players can move around is different now. How many guys are willing to leave teams? now is way different than it used to be and he know. first of all he knows wherever he goes he's not going to be the only thing he knows he's got to compile it now he was here if it's Lakers I got to tell you that you can see the video it's online wrqk.com with Lonzo Ball making this diss track over his own teammate Kyle Kuzma dumb 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 what a what a fast way not to recruit LeBron James or maybe get yourself traded away from the Lakers I do think LA's in play. I think Houston's in play. The rumor is Paul George now getting closer to signing with Russell Westbrook, staying in Oklahoma City. I don't know if that's maybe in play. Does he maybe go there and team up with those two guys and try to get that over the hump? Uh, Carmelo Anthony looked miserable trying to do that there. Now LeBron's twice, three times the player Carmelo is, so who knows how that thing go, whole plays out. But I believe it's one more jersey. I don't know if it's this year or next, but I believe it is one more jersey. The all-time greats know. It's, dude, it, it, that, that you got to do it. And I want to address this Kobe thing real quick. He said, you know, LeBron's got to figure it out. He just has to figure it out. It's like, Kobe, dude... 
just, dude, this is all about the fact that people rank it as Michael and LeBron. It, this, that whole comment is about you being taken out of the conversation by LeBron James, and that's why you want to bring it back around to you. You ran Shaq out of town, dude. You could have won 10 titles. But your ego got in the way. So telling LeBron to figure it out, I think, is a little selfish on Kobe Bryant's part. Dog sharing is now the next thing. It's the new thing. You don't even need your own dog anymore. We'll explain next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. All right. I like it. I like it a lot. Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We're online at WRQK.com. Another actor is being boycotted. We'll give you that at 9 o'clock. And then at 9.30, science tells us that being single, awesome. All right. I got a take on that. (sighs) The world will figure itself out. No matter what the situation is, the dilemma, we being evolutionary creatures will figure it out. And childcare, I know, can be tough for a lot of you. But also, pet care can be very difficult. I'm going to be gone for a week. What do I do? I don't want to board my dog. I don't want this. Who's going to watch my dog for me? Well, we have figured this out now. And sharing of anything is all the rage now. Like streaming is essentially sharing. We all pay very little dollars, but yet we all get every album ever made. Much like Netflix. You pay very few dollars, but you get every movie ever. Right? That's what we do now. We throw everything in the middle and everybody shares it evenly. I'm sure Bernie Sanders is loving life right now. This is exactly what he wants, right? And this is what we do. And now dog sharing is now on the rise. Janet Egan, 59, out of Ferndale, Michigan, is participating in dog sharing. It's this new trend now where people will, like, she shares her dog across three different families. She found the families by posting an ad on a private Facebook group and on nextdoor.com. I've never been there. I don't, I'm not quite sure what that is. Describing her like 20-pound dog and his needs, saying, you know, sleeping with a human, being the only dog in the house, these are requirements for her dog, right? Nope. No young children, and then she wants to come and visit your house and interview you. So essentially what this is is, you think you want a dog, don't want the full-time commitment of a dog. You go to like these sharing sites like Dog Time Community and Share a Dog. These are apps. And then you can borrow somebody's dog for when they need their dog to be watched. Essentially, dude, what they're doing is cutting out the middleman. I don't want to pay somebody to do this anymore. There's lonely people out there. I'll loan them my dog, and I get dog care. So if I, the primary owner, it's only when I want to give it up. It's not like, hey, I get a week, you get a week, she gets a week, and then repeat the cycle. I believe there are different scenarios in there and that you tell people whether you're looking to borrow the dog or to loan your dog out, you give your parameters and they match you with somebody whose parameters are similar. Okay. Now, if I get paid to watch dogs, I hate hearing this. And if you're a parent, you do kind of have to like this a little bit, right? Because your kids are pulling on your pant leg every day. I want a dog. I want a dog. Can we get a dog, Dad? Can we get a dog, Dad? Can we get a dog? No, you won't do this. You won't do that. You won't do that. Now, all of a sudden, you borrow a dog for 72 hours, and you got proof. See? Told you. You you weren't doing this. Now, you can make the argument, you just brought a dog in your house for 72 hours, and now you're going to rip it out of your kid's arms. That's kind of mean, right? Because the kids are just going to cry and want the dog back. But... How does this not lead to people who don't really want to watch your dog, who just want to borrow it to do something awful to it? Like, how long is that going to be? 
I mean, yeah, that's that of course is going to happen. I mean, I, I would I would assume not all that frequently, but yeah, it's going to happen. I could not feel comfortable leaving my dog with a stranger. I didn't have to compensate. I heard this in a show the other night. It was billions on Showtime, and it's true. You can always trust a man who has his self-interest at heart because you know what they're going to do. Meaning, dude, if your self-interest is is to get paid to do this, I trust you more than somebody who just was willing to take my dog into your house. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you'd like to think that money is going to be enough to, you know, keep people honest and make sure they do the right thing. There have been veterinarians. There have been dog breeding places. There have been all these kinds of things who mistreat animals. Yes, it's going. Yes, it can happen. Don't you think that's just as as likely to happen if there's going to be a, all right, I'm going to go take my dog to the kennel because I'm leaving for a week. And now there's a a $9 an hour employee who's dealing with 85 barking dogs. They're all crapping everywhere. There's pee everywhere. I'm sick of this. I'm I'm sick of this. That's where I think the negligence or the the short temper comes in. Can come in. Where it's like, oh, I've only got this dog for the next 72 hours. I'm just going to love snuggles all I can. Yeah, I also think you're going to deal with possession issues where people are like, nope, I'm not giving it back. I think you're going to see some of that. Now, obviously, your agreement with the app will, will, will help solve some of that out. But at the end of the day, it's going to be troublesome for some. Now, I personally like this. Okay? Um, I live in an apartment, and I want to move, but I'm not going to. I always talk about how I'm going to, but I'm not going to. Just not doing it. I'm not doing <laughs> not it. Not doing it. No, no, no. I, I just, dude, th- this radio station has to show me a little bit more good faith before I decide to move into a home. Um, I need a little bit more good faith from here, and I'm just not getting it. And so until that happens, I'm staying in this apartment, right? And I'm not allowed to have a dog where I live. But I find myself in the summer months wanting to go to the dog park and wanting to have a dog and wanting to take a dog for a while. I miss having a dog. I really would like to have a dog. And I'm home all afternoon. So if you live in Canton and you're stuck at work all day and I'm at home all afternoon and could walk your dog for you, play with your dog for you, seduce women with your dog for you, like at the end of the day, aren't we a perfect mix? I mean, at that point, though, why don't you just turn it into a hustle? Like, what do you what Like, why not? Why not turn it into Stansbury's dog, dog walking, walking service? Because it's something now you're turning something I want to do into something I have to do. You know what I mean? And I don't like responsibility. It's one of the reasons why I got into radio. I was trying to avoid as much responsibility as humanly possible. That's why I do this. It's because it's t-shirt and jeans. It's You know what I mean? It's very lackadaisical. And so now you're turning something I want into something I have to do, and I don't know if I would like that as much. I guess if you're just kind of like renting the dog when you're out of town. But like to me, this is much more like... You get divorced, and she gets the kids for a week, I get the kids for a week. She gets the kids for a week, I get the kids for a week. Because then at that point, you have that you have that connection, but you also have that freedom. And if, 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 if it were me working on this plan, that's where it would make sense to me. Is like, okay, I've got it for three days. You know, owner B's got it for three days. Owner C's got it for three days. And then we repeat. That's where I would want it to be. They say it's a novel idea. People are already doing all kinds of sharing, sharing cars, sharing jobs. So it's not far-fetched to think that people are interested in owning or co-sharing a pet. Yeah, I mean, cars are, I think, a prime example of, 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 you know, 30 years from now, less car ownership because it's like, why would I do this? Instead of the upkeep of a car, I'll just pay for the Uber trip. That's fine. I don't have to pay insurance. That's fine. Well, not only that, but what was that that other website we were talking about? Toro, I think is what it was, where you then rent somebody else's car and you just drive it. Versus like owning a car. So if you like go into New York City, instead of like renting a car from like, you know, whoever, you can like rent high end cars from other people. I think that that may end up being the thing. As more and more people are being put out of work, I think you're going to watch more and more people outsource themselves as a way to bring money in. 
So I'm with you that that I would have turned this into a hustle, not a free thing. I don't know why you're going to take an animal, bring it into your house, and not be compensated for it. But like, I would like to borrow dogs every once in a while and be able to take them to the park and do stuff with them because I just miss being a dog owner. Dogs are just awesome. They just love you no matter what. As long as you're paying attention to them, they love you. And it's a good thing to have around your house. I actually do miss that. We're supposed to boycott another actor over an opinion I already knew he had after saying something from a stage in which I knew he was going to say it. This is, of course, ridiculous. We'll get into that next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansberry and his boy wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Online for you at WRQK.com. I flipped a coin all night last night on whether or not to do this. All right. Okay. I believe anytime you mention the president, you lose. Yeah, it is true. You lose. I gave him a little bit of credit for the, you know, the summit the other day and people who hate him were like, I'm never listening to you ever again because you're, you're willing to admit anything is positive. My only point about the summit the other day was is six months ago, the media had us underneath our desk telling me that like, Trump was so combative that he was going to get us blown up. And the exact opposite of that happened. Now, you can talk about what's in the agreement, what will actually come down the road. And I said, hold on, I'm popping the champagne bottles. But six months ago, it was he was going to get us blown up, and the exact opposite of getting us blown up seems to be happening right now. That's all I had said, right? Now, if you knock the president, then the people who are pro-Trump are just as bad. Like, this guy is the most polar. I have been in the radio business since 1999. I have yet to see something as polarizing as Donald Trump. I just haven't seen it. Yeah, I mean, a part of it is just a sign of the times and the cult of personality is very real, but there's certainly something about this president in particular that accelerates what already exists. It has made people who are not political very political. Not just not just political, but political experts, <laughs> political savants even. Exactly right. Right? Now I personally am yearning for a time where I know less about your political you know affiliations. As a matter of fact, there's a company out there that sells chicken sandwiches and they were being dragged through the mud again yesterday. Like if you like LBGTQ people, you can't support this morally. You can't eat here. And then, you know, other people are posting the article, "Well, I mean, look, they opened on Sunday to give, you know, <laughs> to give food, uh, you know, to people to support gay marriage here on on a, on a day they're not normally open and there's right there's you can see both sides of it, right? The whole thing. For First of all, I personally, this isn't what we were getting ready to talk about. I think if you like a chicken sandwich, you eat that chicken sandwich. I don't care what they do. I don't care what they do. I wish I didn't know. I wish, honestly, companies I bought things from didn't tell me who they were. Just sell me things, dude. Just be a capitalist, right? That's what I would prefer. Now, this gets extra special tricky when you start talking about celebrity. I thought you were talking about the chicken. I was like, no. what kind of tricky chicken do we have That's here? That's extra crispy. Okay, all right. That all right. No, no, no. Got confused. Different. All right. Different. God damn it, now I want chicken. Chicken, let's go get some, <laughs> now, baby. Now I want chicken. All right. But when you start talking celebrities, mm-hmm. there is something that happens when you get a little bit of a public eye job where you feel like, you know what? I better speak up for people. I better be the person who gets the thing. It's my responsibility to give out my opinion for the people who don't have their voice, which is, of course, crazy. Okay? Now, not only that, but then we, like, shame people who don't do it. Like, Taylor Swift constantly gets shamed over the fact that she won't take a position. And I think her thing is, is, I'm in the album-selling business, so I'm going to sell albums. And then you have people who tell Kanye, oh, my God, you're tweeting about Trump, pro-Trump. It's going to hurt you. It's going to hurt you. It's going to hurt you. No, it's not. Seven, tong- seven songs right now in the top ten. Seven. The album is blowing through the roof, which, by the way, the song, Yikes, really, really good. 
right? So it's just everybody's losing their mind. So the other night, an actor took to the stage. I believe this was the Tony Awards. Yeah. Right? Is this about Broadway? Yeah, is what the so. Tonys are? All right. I don't even know because I don't care. No, who does? I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, n- nobody cares about the Tonys. Honestly, if anything, I, w- I have been saying about the internet recently that it is the over-examination machine. And what happens is, is that we start to examine like these old standards we have, and we start going, should we really do this? And I think award shows are going to be the next victim of it, where it's like, what are we really doing this for? See you later. Adios, exactly right, shows, right? Whatever. I think, honestly, in the end, that whatever. they will, award shows will be a victim of social media, right? But... Robert De Niro. Okay. Now, I saw this happen with Madonna, where when Madonna had criticized President Trump, people were like, well, who's Madonna? And I was like, guys, we can say whatever we want, but we're not just going to dismiss the fact that Madonna was a huge star. I always point this out. Madonna was famous when like 15 people were famous. Every idiot. Little Pump's famous. Little Pump couldn't have been famous in 1986. Could not. Madonna legitimately had it. She's That's real famous, right? So Robert De Niro's kind of in the same vein for me. He's a very legit actor. Now, you could talk about, like, the, you know, recent years, couple of flops, not as good as he wants to be, but welcome to getting old, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Welcome to getting old. All right. So he takes the stage the other night at the Tonys, and he says, I just got to say this, F Trump, right? Which is stupid and obnoxious. Now, both sides need to settle down here, Okay. For the left, and I'm going to address you first because you're my side of the aisle. It is not brave. It is not brave. It is not brave to stand up on a stage and deliver a line to an audience that wants the line, that wants you to say it. That is go- not, It's not brave to deliver a line to an audience full of people who are going to agree with you. Bravery is the opposite of that, which is going into the Tonys and saying something completely different. Now, if you don't, if you don't believe that, then don't say it. Okay, but I'm sick of people telling me Robert De Niro's brave for what? For an applause line he knew he was going to get? That's not brave. That's placating. You guys need a dictionary. The left needs a dictionary. So there's that. Okay, but now on the other side of the aisle, you guys need to be sat down, too. Because now I'm watching 65-year-old guys from Long Island take pictures of Robert De Niro off their wall, smash them, and throw them in the garbage can. Why do you have a picture of Robert De Niro well, on your wall? You know wall, these people, people what are you dude. Doing? Like, dude, these Goodfellas people, these you know these Godfather people. It's like these mob movies connect with people in a special way. And so, like, dude, you buy an autographed picture of Robert De Niro, you have it in your house. It's the same reason why people buy like autographed pictures of bands and things like that. I'm not knocking the fandom. I got fandom. I got things signed by Ace Freely. I totally get it, right? But if Ace Freely came out and said today, Ace Freely, by the way, is the lead, the original lead guitarist of Kiss. For those of you that don't know, which I'm sure is most of you. Um, he could come out today and say something that is in, in complete contrast of something I believe. But you know what I know? That shocked me in Detroit Rock City are good. And so I'm listening to him anyway. I don't understand this. This guy doesn't agree with me, so now Casino sucks? Yeah, I understand. I don't get it. I understand when something so morally objectable happens where it's like, you know what? I'm not watching Woody Allen movies anymore. You banged a kid. I'm done with you. I understand. You know what, Michael Jackson? I believe you. Enough ba- accusations. I'm out. Right. I'm out on that. Okay. But this is a political disagreement here. And like. Well, people would say the political differences are moral. Uh, I mean, uh, if, if that's the ground you want to well, stand on, then prepare to die on that hill. Well, what I, prepare. Yeah, I, I, like, you prepare and I to die on that. You and I do agree there, but I think I. But 
Could I not make the argument that people who are anti the president view him as morally reprehensible? Sure. Sure. You see what I'm saying? So I believe that this is that this is a moral thing for a lot of people. Their decision making. I, I, I feel like I feel like if that's the case, then you really have to reprioritize what you've got going on in your life. I think you're a little bit askew. Um, but you're right. I agree the, with you. You're right in the sense of like. Dude, fine. Good. Right. I was gonna say fine. Say f him. Say say I'm done with that guy. But that doesn't change the fact that like you know like Goodfellas was good. Yeah. And the Godfather was good. This and is like what, this is what I've been preaching. It's like there's somebody asked me like I forget the last rock star that got in trouble and we were like I don't know if we should listen to their music. I don't know if radio should play. And somebody said, well, what if Paul Stanley got in trouble? And I probably wouldn't buy tickets to another Kiss concert, but I'm still gonna listen to Detroit Rock City because it's good. And I, I guess that's the thing that you kind of have to be able to separate. And and if you can, if you as a person who's offended, oh my God, were these people offended? Were they offended? I, oh, they were offended by Trump a little bit, or by by De Niro. By there, De Niro's, they well, were a little offended. Well, here's the other one too. I, I saw this. Show some respect is what I saw. Now I would say that traditionally, that I would have been one of these people that you should show respect to the office of the president. Now I still would. Okay. Notice I normally refer to him as President Trump. I show respect to the office. I disagree with the man, but he is my president. I'm not one of these. He's not my president. Yes, he is. And tattooing his name on your body saying he's not your president is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen in my life. Right? But you, for people who are anti this guy, you could make the argument that he brings on this lack of respect by not respecting everybody he talks about. It sounds to me like you're crying about your feelings. Sounds to me like, you know, words hurt. Oh, do words hurt you? Oh, are you offended? That's what it sounds like to me. But. Yeah, it, it, this is one of those things that people want to pick and choose when certain things are are, are applicable and not. I mean, I, I, first of all, I'm sitting here and I'm going through Robert De Niro movies, and holy crap, dude. I mean, Taxi Driver, Heat, Good. Casino, Good. Good. Uh, obviously All the Godfathers, Raging Bull, Goodfellas. I mean, Cape, Cape Fear, like the Deer Hunter, um, like just, just a slew. And that's just like the first page of them, dude. Like, there's a ton of good Robert De Niro movies. You can't deny that the dude's a good actor. Now, there's another page of, of misses, but welcome to being having a career as long as he's had it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but just because you do a crap movie doesn't mean that that, that Raging Bull wasn't good. Like, I just, I don't under, I wish I knew this. When did it become, I can only be entertained by people who agree with me wholly? When did that happen? And at least I can understand, not that I necessarily agree with, but at least I can understand people who make the claim of during the game, during the show, during the thing, don't bring your politics in here. Okay, I don't necessarily agree with you, but I see what you're saying. But this wasn't Robert De Niro in the middle of a movie breaking the fourth wall and saying, yo, F Trump. You know what I mean? This was him in a in, in a setting where he's allowed to say what he wants to say. So like, yeah. Uh, that's a little true there. I, I also... Uh, I'm also one of these people, I always say this, right? That I can't get mad about what I knew was going to happen. Right! Right! This isn't new! Like, De Niro... You knew De Niro was going to do this. You knew an award show. But again, this is why I'm telling the left. Quit calling Robert De Niro brave. He's not brave. Delivering an applause line you know you're going to get doesn't make you brave. You're placating is what you're doing. This is devil's advocate argument here. Brave to go against the president of the United States at this moment? No, because it's the hot thing to do. When when Saturday Night Live 
is where they bank on it, where it's the only thing they do when everybody's jumping up and down on him. Even conservatives are against him. I don't think it's brave to do, not against this president, no. As as he's bringing the NFL down, changing the rules of the NFL, making the NFL move, it's still not a little bit like, man, this guy could bring, this guy could bring my career down. Mm. It's a bit of a stretch, I know. It's a stretch to say he could bring De Niro's career down. I think age and 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 lack of do we've seen Goodfellas enough times. You know what I mean? Like there's less of those kind of things that he's going to do. I don't know if I don't know if <sighs> That's more risky than it is brave. I don't think it's brave to stand up in front of a group of people and tell them what they want to hear. It's it's only brave if you go against the grain. If you tell truth to power. Now, he doesn't agree with the president, so I know, I'm not expecting him to go out there and do that just to do it either. But this whole, it's brave to tell a room full of people what they want to hear is absolutely ridiculous. But so is yanking a picture off your wall. I don't know why you think that only people you agree with 100% should be able to entertain you. This identity politics thing is ruining this country. It is ruining us. And social media is helping. I just, we need to, I, I was talking to my buddy about it yesterday. If I didn't do this for a living, I would have deleted all that stuff a while ago because the noise is just too much. It's nauseating at this point. It's just nauseating. Science claims they have the reasons why being single is awesome and the way you should live. I'll take a few issues. That will be next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Kenton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. 106.9 Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. So science claims being single is awesome. That it's better to be single. They uh, are citing multiple medical studies. Business Insider <laughs> reports on the various reasons why uh, being single is better than being tied down, Phantom. Now, they're saying this as a whole, not just like, hey, here's some points why why it's better. This saying like, yo, if you can choose, you should choose being single. That's the way it's presented. To okay. Me. They okay. say single people have much better social connections. Um, they say if you're not in a long term relationship, you're more free to be the guy um, or a girl, I would assume, that people would like to be around. Yeah, I can I can 100% agree with and say that that's happened to me. Well, I also think there's a little bit of. It's easier for you to hang out with more people when only you have to clear them. Meaning, like you may like that couple, but your wife might not. Right. And so, you know what I mean. You're, I think that's how your your social connections limit. I would. I will say 100 percent. Over the past four years, my circle has grown considerably smaller, and it's just because I'm not going out looking to get laid. When you're when you're single, you're like, all right, man. I need these guys. I, yeah. Well, I need these guys, or I just need to be in the bar. And once you can't, you're like, all right. Well, now I'm here. I got to talk to somebody until I find a you know a proper target. I'm just gonna talk to this dude at the bar, James. What's going on, man? Then all of a sudden, you're friends with them, but now I'm single and it's like, dude, I don't want to talk to you at all, James. Like, not at all. Not, not even in the slightest. No, I know. Shut up, James. We hate you. <laughs> Companionship, they say, whether romantic or not, is a basic human need. And so they say that a few really good friends around you can make a world of difference for your health and well-being, and they say you just have less friends when you're married. Now, I don't know if it's that you have less. I just think you have your wife's friends and you don't like them as much. I think that that's really true. I think there's a reason why certain things are in sitcoms constantly, and it's because they're true. Yeah, um, I think with this, though, is that like, 
and I'm just looking at it from my own perspective here, is that I can remember times when I was single and I needed like somebody to talk to or somebody to like have a connection with there. And I'd be like, hey, man, I'm coming over to your house. We'll drink beers. We'll hang out. We'll do that. I'm not doing that anymore. Not anymore. You know You're what I mean? No, I don't have to do that anymore. Twofold right there. In addition to healthy friendships, being single is better for your overall health, they claim, because single people work out more often. Um, they say single people often have a lower BMI, less body fat, and being married doesn't necessarily make you fat, they say, but it might. And I have always said that there's a little bit about being in a relationship that is the, the, not that it's bad even, that it can be positive, but there's a little bit of giving up together mm-hmm. where it's like, you know mm-hmm. what? I don't have to be this thin. You love me. We're here. We're staying here. Now, I think you should constantly work inside that relationship to be as attractive and appealing to your partner as you possibly can throughout the length of that relationship because I believe the wolf is always at the door. Somebody's always trying to bang your partner. Yeah, I mean, you owe it to each other to remain attractive and to, you know, to to, 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 to have that. Um, but it is, man. I mean, you get into a rut where it's like, all right, where do you want to eat? I don't know. Where do you want to eat? I don't know. Where do you want to eat? We'll eat everywhere. And then you get into the, what do you want to do tonight? Yeah, let's just stay home and watch Netflix. And then you're on the couch, and then you're eating Chinese takeout, and then it's like four years later, and you're like, son of a bitch. What am I doing? Whoa, I got big. This is happening. Right. And do you first meet, yeah, you get into a new relationship, you do the restaurant world tour, and you know, you just start eating everywhere. And, 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 and you put on five, and she puts on five, and then you put on five, and she puts on five, and you're like, we're not getting any fatter. Nope. Look, we look the same as we always we, did. No, not exactly, right? They say the last benefit is that single people get more alone time. They say time away from your friends or crowded places is beneficial for singles. There's evidence that they have more self-fulfillment. Being on your own, in other words, can enhance your zen. Now, yes, but you got to be careful there. Because what this, this is a lot like... If your room's messy, you're a genius. Okay. Oh, like, okay. Yeah. This, you swear a lot. You must be a br- brilliant. Now, what are you talking about? This is very much a similar thing here where people are going to read this article and go, oh my God, I'm alone all the time. I'm working on my Zen. Where, <laughs> okay. Exactly right. Okay. Where, where honestly, where loneliness will then be passed off as, you know what I mean? As you like, as mental health for yourself, which I think is crazy. As a person who is single. Now, my friend Marty and I were on the phone yesterday and he and I were talking about this. And he is in a relationship, fully uncommitted, and his girlfriend's awesome. But it took a long time for him to get there. Um, and, and, and I'm very much the same way. And it's partially because our jobs are very, very similar. He is, he's got one of those cool jobs. I'm like, uh, he's a, a manager for multiple artists. He also was one of the cultivators of the, the heavy metal museum at the Grammy Museum. I mean, Marty's just one of those guys. He's just kind of tied in, right? And so he's always had like one of these cool jobs that keeps young, hip people around you. He's had the ability to date in circles where maybe a guy our age shouldn't be able to. Radio kind of does this for you, too. And so we were talking yesterday about how hard it can be that the longer you go into your life, doing exactly what you want whenever the hell you want when somebody wants you to change that behavior it's very very difficult to do and i'm at that point where i'm now like almost mid 40 right and i'm in this zone where i've done i've come and gone as i've pleased i've done everything i've wanted whenever the hell i've wanted to do it that even though i know it would be beneficial to add somebody to this that i don't want to have to give it up the number one argument i have with a woman is this. I get off work and you want to go to bed. I get off work and you got to be in bed so early and now, you know, and then you don't even want to spend any time with me. And I always say, well, what do you want from me? I want to be in bed at 8 o'clock. 
I don't have time for this. You get off work at 6.30. What are we really going to do? I want to be in bed at 8. Like, this isn't going to work out. This is, you and I aren't going to work out. And then this is the argument. Well, it could. If you would do what every other guy that does mornings does, which is if you left work as soon as it was over, went home, slept for three and four hours, then you could be up a little later and spend time with me at night. But what you want to do, Dan, is then what you end up doing is you don't care about me. You don't care about spending time with me, at least not as much as you then want to go play golf all afternoon. Then I get home from work and you're tired and want to go to bed. And I always say, well, yeah, that's what I want to do. And then that's what ends up being the argument, and that's why I'm single. I have a hard time compromising. I do. Yeah, and all relationships are just a million compromises every day. Selling yourself I mean, out. It is. That's all it is. There's, there's benefit to it, but of course Huge it, it, it comes at a cost, too. So I, I understand that. And, and you're right. Um, our schedule in particular is just a little unorthodox. For me, it's one of the strengths of my relationship, but it's because we're already established. In the early days, I can see how that can be very like, uh, dude, this isn't going to work. We're just too far apart when it comes to stuff like this. And and if neither one of you are willing to accommodate, neither one of you are willing to compromise, what could have been something now all of a sudden has no chance to get out of the gate. Now, there's a price you pay for this, right? And the price you pay is not having a significant other. Now, that may not sound like a big deal to a lot of you. Some of you may be with somebody who's honestly making you miserable and you're just too terrified to leave. First of all, leave. What the hell's the matter with you? Life's not long, it's short. Or or what I mean to say is, is that life doesn't feel short. It feels long when you're with somebody you don't like. If you're, if, dude, if you're in a relationship with somebody you don't want to be in a relationship with, run for your life. It is your life ultimately at the end of the day. But where this is a problem is, is when I want to do fun things. Like sometimes my friends are just lame. And sometimes there's just things you don't do with your friends. Like I want to go float Mohican. I want to go do that. Right? I want to go canoeing. I want to go. Dude, that's something you do with your girlfriend. I call my guy buddies and they laugh. Or I'm too lazy. Oh my God, I'm going to have to paddle something. I mean, that's how fat and lazy some of my friends are. I'm going to have to paddle. And it's like, yeah, dude, you might have to like get an oar in the water and swing it. There's also restaurants where it's like, you know what? I'll eat by myself in a restaurant. It doesn't bother me at all. But there's certain restaurants you just don't eat alone in. There are certain things where I want to do them, like Cedar Point. Kind of want to go, but that's something you do with your better half. You don't take yeah. your buddy to Cedar yeah. Point, especially at my age. You look like creeps. You know what I mean? So there are things that I don't do. There are fun activities I don't get in my life because societal standards have told us this is what you do with this person. Now, I believe, again, with the Internet being the over-examination machine, that the one of the next things to go through that microscope will be relationships and how we handle them. And I think you're already seeing it. This younger generation, millennials, and then coming behind them, the zennials, they're less likely to get married. They're less likely to have kids. And I believe it's because the Internet exposes that the lie you've been told the lies that you've been told so you stay in line and that's why monogamy is sold to you so you stay in line you know why monogamy was sold to us it's because if you didn't do it 10 dudes in the world would get laid it would be all the alpha males killing every animal and sleeping with all the hot chicks we sold monogamy so lesser men could get a piece they were talking about this on billions earlier this uh, this season on showtime and the guy was absolutely right that's exactly why monogamy was formed is to so to make sure that that dude, we that, that guys who would never have a chance to have a woman actually have a shot at it. It's you know what monogamy is? It's the participation trophy applied in life. That's exactly what monogamy is. More Sansbury show right around the corner. Hang on. Six nine. Welcome back to the Sansbury show. We're on Rock 106.9. I uh, should let you know this: if you're an Aussie fan, you can join Fishhead. Rock 106.9's afternoon guy. He'll be at uh, the upper deck tonight, starting at six o'clock. Portage likes there, and uh, he'll be signing you up for Ozzy Osbourne tickets. Nice. Yeah. 
no more tours right there. No more tours. No more tours. Now, when I meet Fishhead out there, does the yeah. bubbles get going while I'm out there? Does I, he have the bubbles? No. I, I think I think the whole aquarium goes. Okay, I, I love it, baby. I, I think that's I think that's how that works. Yeah. Fishhead will be out at the upper deck tonight, starting at six o'clock. Get you hooked up with Aussie tickets. Make sure you stop by see him. All right, I'm being called out from a buddy of mine. Okay. And he's like, you know, you pride yourself on being honest. Okay. He's like, you pride yourself on even like, like, like laying bare and telling everybody everything that happens. Okay. He's like, I've been listening for a few days and I've been waiting for you to tell this story that happened on Saturday and you're not telling it. A little, uh, a little uh, lie by omission here. What do we got going on? And he's right. I, uh, I just had forgotten. Mm. This was not. This was not a calculation. Just forgot. Now I think the fact that I'm going to tell you the story right now proves that I'm right. That it was just a just. I just had forgotten about this, and I don't know where my short term memory went. <laughs> I don't know where it went. I, I have smoke. I don't. I don't know what's the reasoning behind that. Sometimes it's tough after the weekend, though, especially after a big sports weekend. We come in, we're talking Cavs. Those personal stories kind of get brushed to the side there, so I see how it happens. Now, my buddy is claiming that the reason I didn't tell anybody the story is because Fantone's going to love it and that I do not. (laughs) What is it? Now, I don't have a jealous bone in my body. I really don't. Okay? And... You can bang Stansberry's girlfriend. He doesn't care. You probably have. (laughs) You probably have. So, Saturday, we're playing golf. I'm in, uh, I'm in an outing for like a medical outreach thing, right? Okay. And uh, I'm trying to do the right thing by being selfish and playing golf. <laughs> yeah, just pat yourself on the back one more time here. So we're on the 10th tee, and guys pull up behind us in a, in a cart. They're obviously the group playing behind us. And the dude's eyes get massive, huge. Like he sees me, and you can tell. It's like, okay, you listen. That's okay. cool. We're about to have that couple-of-minute conversation. Okay. Pulls up right next to me. In the cart. I'm not even in the cart. Like, he parked so close next to me, I couldn't get out. Okay, so he's got you trapped right now, dude. Stan's barely looking for an exit. And he looks me square in the face, dead square in the eyes, and says, Oh, my God, you're Fantone, right? (laughs) (laughs) And my buddy, who's in the cart with me, my buddy John... Dude, John's from Pittsburgh. He's like, look at him. Yins are giving him crap. Yins are giving Stansberry crap. You're giving- Dude, he is loving this. And so there I am just sitting there in the car like, yep, I'm that dude. I'm that dude. I was like, he let himself go. Shrunk a foot, let himself go. Look at it. So my buddy is like, dude, he's like, I've been waiting. I've been waiting for this story. You haven't told it. Now, was this him being a dick and like knowing that no. was, this was he made the honest to God he mistake. legitimately just screwed it up and I just said to him I was like I'm the other one bro <laughs> <laughs> and and he laughed and then his other buddy underneath his breath goes I kind of wish it was Phantom to be honest with you <laughs> which is of course hilarious you know what I mean I don't have a problem with that at all I thought it was like really really funny but my buddy swears he's like dude I've been li- every day since Saturday he's like and I knew I was like I wasn't letting you get past midweek if you got past Wednesday. It was just that was a bridge too far. I can't have it. So there you go, Fantone. Laugh it up there. Laugh it up, Chewy. You get you get you get your moment in the sun there. Go check out Fishhead tonight, six o'clock. He'll be at the upper deck hooking you up with Aussie tickets. We'll be back at this live tomorrow morning, six a.m. on Rock 1069. You guys have a great afternoon. See ya. The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 1069.